Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Brendan Escott, Cam Moon with you. Final half hour of this Oilers Now Tuesday edition. Heard from Frank Saravalli. Heard a lot from you on uh, who you'd sign to a PTO. Brandon Sutter's here. Probably only room for one more. Need a couple of bodies throughout the preseason games, so uh, likely another one incoming. Who would you sign? Max Comtois, Noah Gregor. Are you taking the risk on Nolan Patrick? Mark Pesic? A couple, uh, couple votes for Mark Pesic. Let us know at 780-496-0063. All season long, the Oilers Now Injury Report is brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Not really monitoring anything for Edmonton. Connor Brown expected to be good to go for the start of camp and the season after his ACL recovery. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Good from there. So let's welcome aboard our NHL insider, shall we? John Shannon joins us twice a week for legacy heating and cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments, no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy. Legacy heating and cooling. John, welcome aboard. How's it going today? I'm great, boys. How are you? Excellent. Thank you. So, uh, always love to get your thoughts on the television angle of things. And we lost one of the great ones last week in Rick Generette. I played a bit of a montage of which there's many clips to choose from. 51 years with the Sabres organization before calling it a career. I mean, this is one of the, the all-time greats as it goes in the NHL broadcasting circuit, certainly. Oh, without a doubt, you know, and in many ways, the the fixture that uh, Rick became with the Buffalo Sabres, particularly in the last decade, I think uh, gives proof to how important it is to have quality broadcasters on the local and, and regional level, particularly when your team isn't very good. Uh, and for the longest time, uh, you know, since uh, I, I, I want to say since the departure of Lindy Ruff and Darcy Regeer, um, you know, th- this team has been a very frustrating team for Sabre fans. And what Rick Jenneret did with his colorful play by play was insulate the fans, entertain the fans. So that even if the Sabres lost, they had a good time listening to Rick. Uh, I think the best example for him, in, in my mind, in any sport, is Rick Jenneret was to hockey and to the Sabres as Harry Carey was to the Cubs in baseball. Uh, and he made it enjoyable. He made it fun. Um, and the Sabres, trust me, and Camel re- reinforce this, the... the, the, the uh, the Sabres were just as frustrating as the Cubs were for many years. <laughs> That's true. How well did you know Rick? Like, when did, how far back uh, do your interactions with him go? Well, I started to go to do games in Buffalo in 1978. And so Rick was not on television then. Rick was uh, was was the, the radio play-by-play guy. Living in St. Catharines, Ontario, and commuting to Buffalo, which is about a 25 or 35 mile uh, trip every day, 
Um, and and so you'd see Rick around. He when I in the early 2000s when I started to work uh, with the NHL. Um, then I had a more workings with all the regional broadcasters, and and Rick was one of those guys that you you, you dealt with and you talked to, and and uh, he was listen. His hockey knowledge was tremendous. He knew what he was. You know, he didn't try to pretend something that he wasn't. He knew what he was. He knew what he meant to the Saber fans. He knew what he meant to the market, and that was so important to his success. Chatting with our NHL insider, John Shannon, right now. Um, on the PTO front, John, that's sort of the other uh, genesis of our conversation today. Uh, no real news, Edmonton Oilers-wise. Brandon Sutter seems to be coming to town. But a lot of sort of discussion here on the text line about who may be somebody logical to bring in. I guess, you know, for, for you, what is a what characteristics do you suppose that Edmonton's looking at here for a PTO candidate? Uh, well, at the top of my list is a defenseman. Uh, I I don't think, and I and, and we we learn this every year, guys. Every year, as a team goes through the eighty-two game regular season and goes a long distance in the playoffs, you can't have too many defensemen. So, if you can find a way to nurture a few guys along, either and and if you get them on a PTO and then you you know mysteriously get them signed, and hopefully get them to Bakersfield because most of the guys will probably have to go through waivers at some point, um, then then it's it's just a really good insurance policy. There, there's not going to be a PTO that is going to come and score 25 goals for you or 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 be plus 25 on the blue line uh, but to me i'm i'm looking for depth uh, i'm looking for someone uh, who can fill in a gap when injuries to those top six guys and then in the playoffs can fill when you're when you're down to what seven, eight, nine, ten defensemen because invariably that's what you are when you're in the stanley cup playoffs just ask the florida panthers Anybody that jumps off the page right now well, you, as a potential, you, you know, the Mark Pesic one is a is is a good one. Um, obviously, there's a ton of familiarity with him uh, from an Edmonton perspective, um, and he was a steady defenseman through his career in the NHL so far. Uh, and I think that that that's the type of guy that any team should be coveting. Again on a tryout, trying to make a difference in the first 10 days of camp, you know, hopefully get a couple of games in early on when the when the team starts playing games so quickly. Uh, but that that's, that's not a bad choice in my mind. John Shannon, our NHL insider today. A couple other PTOs around the league. You get Alex Chason finding himself another PTO in uh, Boston this time. You get Nathan Bolio that signs uh, elsewhere. Um, you know, I guess these are the types of, of players now that it's not necessarily super late in their career, certainly not in the case of a guy like Nathan Bolio, but I wonder if this is a byproduct of the league trending younger and younger that we're seeing guys that maybe an earlier stage of their career now willing to work on that PTO? Younger and younger, yes. Salary cap even more so. You know, you know we've, we've talked all the way back to when the cap came in when 
Do you actually remember when the cap was $37 million, Brendan? It was $37 million at one point. Can you imagine having a team with $37 million? We're, they're, you know, we're not the NBA where one guy makes $37 million, but $37 million for a 23-man roster was amazing to think about. Um, but we always talked about the end of the middle class. And... And this, that's what the cap has done, is it's, it's those guys like Alex Jason, who, you know, Stanley Cup champion, has scored some big goals for any franchise that he's played for. Um, you know, those are the types of guys that have lost out in this whole world of, uh, of the cap. Uh, so you you know you're not gonna you, you're you're not gonna take a chance and sign him to a three year deal. You're you're gonna say okay, there's gonna there, there's gonna be another Alex Chase on next year, and and whether the, that's his name or not, but it, it's gonna always happen. So uh, getting and, and and the league's getting younger for the same reason. Entry level contracts are more controllable for three years, and so from that perspective. That's, you know, Alex Chason is the victim of where the world of hockey is when it comes to salary structure and salary cap. It's been pretty impressive, though, hasn't it been, John? His ability to just get a PTO, find a way, then score some goals. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I, to me, I'm incredibly impressed with how he's been able to, you know, keep parlaying these things into deals. Well, I'll tell you what, I, 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 I've thought, and I, first of all, I think Alex is, and you guys both know him, Alex is one of the most um, congenial hockey players the game has ever seen. You know, in that Oiler room, he was always willing to sit and talk and have a conversation, always knew your name. He, w he was fun to be around. Uh, but I think we should change his name now, and I, and, and I know that there's lots of teams that have the number nine retired, but I think he should be known as he should be known as Alex the Cat Chason. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, when you think about it, how many times? Oh yeah, Alex Chason, another contract. And then he'll come and score. You know, if he gets 15 goals, yep. can make a difference for somebody. Six of those will be on the power play. Uh, you know, he's got great skills. He, he's just, you know, he's just at the, in the terms of where the, the game is and the skills that he has, he's at the wrong place at the wrong time a lot of times. Cerebral player when you watch him work in the front of the net, I think that's why he can be effective. Well, on I think he's learned play, to right? do that, right, Brendan? Yeah. I really do. He wasn't that way all the time. But I, I actually think in the last, you know, starting through his time in Calgary and then in Edmonton, I think he realized the only way he was going to hang around was be in front of the net <laughs> and, and, be, and, be, and be, be more physical than he was early in his career. He's a big body, so certainly somebody that, uh, you know, we see a trend where people have to embrace that sort of thing, I guess. Not all the time, but toward the latter part of their career. A guy whose work ethic has suddenly earned him about $52 million over the next eight years, John, is, is Brandon Hagel. You have to love this story, and we've been kind of gushing over him on this show. Somebody who's willed himself to this type of contract, but no slouch. I mean, he, Tampa Bay seeked him out, spent quite a bit in terms of the trade value to get him and he earned it with a 30 goal season well you know julian brisebois uh, when he's trying to put his imprint on the on the lightning um 
and, and you know, let's remember everything that Steve Eiserman did over the years to trade for a guy at the deadline. Uh, and those two guys that uh, that they got uh, at the deadline when it was Brisebois did uh, in order to get them to another Stanley Cup final, one from Ottawa and one from Chicago. I mean, those guys are, they're the future of the, they're the future of the Tampa Bay Lightning. You know, this is still a team that's got a core that's, um, I think most of them are, the, that, that core group of guys is either four or five years left on their contracts. And then when you add what a guy like Hagel has now on his deal, uh, they're trying to trying to maintain a certain level of what is Tampa Bay Lightning hockey, uh, and trying to stay as young as possible. So there, I, I I must admit I was a little surprised at the eight years, but you, you've always understood the philosophy that Tampa has had, and we know that he can play, and we know he can contribute, and he can contribute at both ends of the ice, and that's important for any team that wants to vie for the Stanley Cup. I mean, Tampa's very much in the conversation of, of contenders for this season coming up, aren't they, John? That, that, you know, that's a really good question. We had a long discussion about this on our show yesterday about that Atlantic division. Um, so you have to think that Detroit's going to be a bit better. You have to think that Buffalo is certainly going to be better. Heck, they only missed the playoffs by one point. Ottawa, with uh, the additions they've made and new ownership and Vladimir Tarasenko coming up for the year, we assume that they're going to be better. They're going to be better in goal for sure. And then, you, then you're going to say, well, who's going to be on the, the slide? Well, we assume Boston's going to be on the slide. Uh, I think a lot of people think Florida are going to be on the slide, particularly early on with all their injuries. And then the, and then the team that that really has a lot of question marks to it is Tampa. What are Tampa? What and I'm, I'm I, what I, what are the Lightning? That's not true. The get is that a plural or a singular, Brandon? What do you think? What is what are the Lightning? What is Tampa? I guess I don't know. Um, <laughs> Cover your you know the, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but you, you know you, you know Braden points there. Victor Hebbins there. Kucherov's there. Stamkos is there. Vasilevsky's in goal. So their core is as good as any. Exactly. But but is their second tier? as good as any and that's going to be the real challenge see i think boston's in for a bit of a slide agreed um i don't think toronto is better than they were last year um and there's going to be if they don't get two guys signed this summer there's going to be enough distraction that will cause a whirling dervish at every maple leafs home game uh and then and then the lightning show up and you wonder can they sustain it for one more year remember they didn't get out of the second round last year they didn't. Um, so, so that's to me that's a, a big question of where they are and what they're doing right now. I, I don't know what Tampa is. You think they're still going to be a contender because they got big names, but are they are those big names still effective? John, really appreciate it. We've just had some Oilers news drop, so we're going to take a quick time out and then get to that. Uh, but appreciate your time as always. Cheers. All right, John Shannon there. Uh, yeah, this breaking out of the Oilers' front office. Uh, yeah, we got we got the big man calling in. Angie, do you want to answer Bob's call? Okay, I'm going to tell you right now that Tyler Wright, the director of amateur scouting, he is no longer. They have uh, agreed to part ways, according to an email that has just come across the Edmonton Oilers, saying that Rick 
Tracy has been named the new director of amateur scouting. He is a 52-year-old and uh, brings a lot of a scouting experience here, it says. Uh, we're going to take a quick time out. We're going to tell you a lot more about this when we come back. Bob Stoffer is going to join us on Oilers Now. We've got some breaking news to address, so appreciate Bob Stoffer taking a, a bit of his vacation out to fill us in on the move. Tyler Wright, Bob, uh, mutually parting ways with the club, replaced by Rick Pracy. What can you tell us? Well, Rick Pracy had one of the, uh, I mean, he had an interesting run in Colorado that ultimately culminated in 2014 when Joe Sackick and Patrick Watt took over the organization. Cam Moon would know the last pick that he made was Connor Blakely, a late first-round pick. Uh, but he was the head of amateur scouting in Colorado starting in 08. And in 2009, his first three picks in the draft were Matt Duchesne, third overall, Ryan O'Reilly, 33rd, and then he got Tyson Berry, 64th. So he had a home run draft that year. He's been with the Flyers the last several years. Ontario-based. Uh, Philly has had some success with some Ontario-based picks, like uh, Travis Konechny going back a few years. So this is uh, it's interesting because Tyler Wright and Archie Henderson were brought in initially by Ken Holland. Um, boy, this kind of Certainly, there was. There's not been. There wasn't a lot of whispers, guys, out on Jeff Jackson, and there wasn't a lot of whispers on this. I believe. Uh, I thought Tyler might have had a year left in his deal, but they mutually part ways. And clearly, we're seeing that there's a. You know, a, Jeff Jackson's the president. Of, you know, he's the CEO of the hockey operations, and we're seeing a little bit of that vision start to take form here. So this is more a case, Bob, of of maybe Jackson instilling his own personnel rather than uh, a lack of success by right. Is do you think that that's maybe closer to what's going on here? Oh, well, Tyler Wright, it, you know, he lives in Vernon. He lives less than three quarters of a mile from Ken Holland's place. I mean, Tyler was brought in from Detroit with Archie Anderson. Um, but I think they're, the planning is for the future. It's, it's ironic, like Tracy's only 51 or 52 years of age, and he's already been at the helm as a head amateur scout for six years with another organization. So I, I really think this, I mean, the way I would interpret this is, without talking to Jeff about it, is that I, I think that there was a guy out there that Jeff targeted and wanted. And, um, you know, Tyler Wright's a nice guy that certainly took on, um, you know, he, I, I know the Athena Sioux trade, you know, that both Archie Henderson and Tyler Wright were, uh, they were part of that trade for uh, from Detroit to Edmonton, and Tyler's always accepted his responsibility on that. Uh, he, you know, he drafted in 2020 Dylan Holloway. Wright had kind of just come into the Oilers in 19. I think this is more about the opportunity to get Pracy in the fold. That's how I would interpret it. And uh, maybe even strengthen things up on the Ontario front. Uh, there was certainly some criticism directed Edmonton's way over the course of the season about not having a strong enough scouting presence in Ontario. I would suggest that this alters that a little. Big time. You know, Brennan, in 2021, the Oilers passed on Wyatt Johnson, who was po coached by Paul Coffey for four years. And I know the Dallas Stars had reached out multiple times to, to Paul. Paul kind of, we started seeing Paul around a little bit more uh, during the 21-22 season, but that was the 21 draft, uh, which predated the season. So uh, the Oilers took uh, Xavier Borgo, who ironically played with Maverick Bork, another Dallas pick uh, in Shawinigan. And uh, Wyatt Johnson's a big part of Dallas's future. We're still waiting for Borgo. So uh, I... You know, I think there's no question that the Oilers 
uh, wanted to upgrade what they're doing in Ontario. It's an important league for Edmonton. I mean, there's no other way to say it. So, you know, I, it's it's a tough day for Tyler, no question. Uh, mutually agrees to go separate ways. But I think uh, from an Oilers perspective, it was really about going out and getting Rick Pracy. And I don't think that it's lost on anybody that there is indeed, uh, you know, a new guy at the top of the Edmonton, at the helm of the Edmonton Oilers uh, hockey operations side. Well, Rick Pracy, now the director of amateur scouting. We're up against the clock here, Bob, so I'm going to let you go, but appreciate you dropping by, lending some insight, and we'll endeavor to have uh, Rick on tomorrow's show, I would think. So thanks Thanks again, Bob. Great job. You guys are doing a great job last couple days. Thank Uh, you. Appreciate it. That is the main host of this show, Bob Stauffer, here on a day in which uh, director of amateur scouting, Tyler Wright, parting ways with the club. So, um, well, interesting. If you you thought that there was any kind of old guard that Ken Holland was bringing with them there goes one piece of it without a doubt and something that a lot of times in these sorts of situations crop up with teams there's usually some inclination or a little <laughs> bit of talk or yeah. whatever. This one, Airtight. and Bob had said it, there had been nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So this uh, it does come as a bit of a surprise. Yeah. Well, again, they, they were looked at as, as that was an area that they could stand to improve. So addressing it before the season even begins. Royal Pizza, pizza, pasta, so much more menu and a list of locations online or uh, rather <laughs> online at royalpizza.com or you can download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store on this day in Oilers history, which is brought to you each and every day throughout the season by New West Travel. Serving travelers since 1979. Book your vacation today at newwesttravel.com. Pretty big day for Taylor Hall on this day in 2012. He got paid seven-year, $42 million contract to stay with the Oilers. He was coming off a back-to-back 20-goal seasons at 42 and 53 points, but we know that all ended on June 29th of 2016 when he was traded to New Jersey for Adam Larson 1 for one. Dave Campbell has Inside Sports tonight. He is the guest host and will talk right off the top of the show with the new interim president and CEO of the Edmonton Elks, Rick Lelashur. You will hear from Inside the Game analyst on 6.30, Chad Blake Dermott, evaluating that move. And then uh, your friend and ours, Gene Principe, ran the Edmonton Marathon on Sunday. He's going to tell you all about that as well. That starts at 6 o'clock tonight again with Dave. Randy Kilburn has a global news update next. Angela Coco is on from 2 to 3 and then the drive with Ted Henley at 3 o'clock. Brandon and Cam back tomorrow on Oilers Now.